This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode one of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products in cooperation with the Thoroughbred Makeover and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption. Elisa Wallace, winner of last year's Thoroughbred Makeover, comes on to tell us what she looks for in her OTDB prospects. We hear how a small business dream led to the adoption of one of the famous 52 thoroughbreds and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption joins us to bring you to our winner's circle, Adoptable Horse of the Week. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings from Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills from Kalamazoo, Michigan. And you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Well, Joy, let's talk about what Retired Racehorse Radio actually is. We're going to talk about horses that transition from the track to your backyard or your boarding stable. And we're going to talk about getting them from point A to point B, how they got there, what they've been through, and what we're going to do with them to educate them and to train them. This show was kind of your baby. What did you envision for this show, Retired Racehorse Radio? I mean, Jamie, when I got my off-the-track thoroughbred, it was a huge learning experience for me. I'm an amateur rider and... I just thought the whole time, wow, how great would it be if I had an entire library to learn what I need to do to help this horse be successful as well as myself. And that's kind of where the idea came from. Well, that is what we are going to do. We're going to talk to people kind of about their horses, their training tips. I mean, my gosh, we have the winner of the thoroughbred makeover from last year is going to be our first guest, Alisa Wallace, four-star eventer, makeover champion with thoroughbreds and Mustangs. We're going to get tips from her throughout the year and uh, with other trainers as well. And uh, we're going to bring you guys lots of information. I even want to do a segment where we talk about how the thoroughbred breed even came to play. And then through every episode, Joy, we're going to talk about how they were bred, how your particular horse was bred, when it was foaled, where it was foaled, what happened during that, when they went off to training, what was it like life on the racetrack, and then let you guys know kind of where these off-the-track thoroughbreds have been when they were on the track, and then maybe help you understand them a little bit better. That's right, Jamie. We're going to get the whole story of how your thoroughbred went from the racetrack to your loving home and how you can help them have the most successful career after. I'm so excited. This is going to be so much fun. Well, let's see. If anybody listens to Horses in the Morning, I'm one of the co-hosts of that show. I'll tell you about myself later, but who is Joy and is Kalamazoo a real place? It absolutely is a real place, which is so strange. Um, fascinating history, but won't get into it because it's not about horses and I don't care. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, about me, I actually, I grew up with horses my whole life. Uh, my parents had Arabians and I, my first horse was an amazing, uh, 15, two Arabian named Willow. And she was great. Um, followed by my childhood pony, uh, Penny, who I have now to this day. And I love her to death. Um, but for me, it was, always about learning about the horse's psychology. That's always been something that's 
been a personal interest of mine since I was a kid. Um, you know, I, my parents kind of had split ideas for me. One wanted me to ride Western. The other one wanted me to ride saddle seat. I ended up in dressage. So guess that <laughs> good compromise. Didn't, didn't Just matter. make them both mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I've always had Arabs. I still have Arabs. Um, but I, I ended up getting an off the track thoroughbred. I, I met one of my friends, Kyle, who we'll have on the show, um, later on, he took me to the racetrack and, you know, I felt like I really identified with thoroughbreds, just there's their willpower, their drive to succeed. They're such amazing athletes and they have a lot of heart. And, um, I've always had a soft spot for, for more of the challenging horses, the horses who someone looks at and like, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. And I'm like, let me have it. I love it. <laughs> Sold. Yes. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting my off the track through Kyle who was fostering her through new vocations. And, uh, Ever since that, I mean, she's my heart horse. We're best friends. I think they're going to be my forever breed after this. Absolutely. Well, they're they're a really special breed. I I was about ten years old when oh I oh my gosh I loved Easy Goer was a horse that ran in the eighties. I'm dating myself. I think eighty nine, and it was this chestnut thoroughbred with a star and I cheered easy goer on through all the battles with Sunday silence. And finally easy goer defeated Sunday silence in the Belmont stakes. And I was like, I want a chestnut thoroughbred with a star. And yes. my parents were crazy enough to go get me one who I got at the age of 10 and I kept him until, uh, he died in my arms at 28 years old. So oh. when I was 28 years old, so I had him for 18 years and he was just the love he fostered the this huge love of thoroughbred. So um, now I'm a certified Monty Roberts instructor and I host a radio show and I love training horses. And I actually will be taking one, maybe two horses to the thoroughbred makeover this year. Yeah, that's super exciting. Tell us a little bit about your uh, makeover horse. Well, um, let's see. Uh, the one that I've had for a while, his name is, well, his, his race name is Lost My Way. Lost My Way. Bless his little heart. That's the worst racehorse. That's the worst cross-country name because I'm a three-day eventer by trade. I was about uh, to say, if it's the worst uh, jockey club name, I think I have you beat. So. No, there's plenty of worse ones, and we're going <laughs> to talk about those coming up. But it, it Lost My Way is like, oh, gosh, I got lost on cross-country. But that's kind of appropriate for me probably anyway. So uh, he is a now four years old, four, four year old Bay gelding. And he's probably about 16 hands. He's just so stinking cute. And I'll let you be the first to know as of today, I adopted a second one. <laughs> what? Yes, I know. I All know. right. You got to tell us everything now. <laughs> so I adopted a second one. I don't have him yet, but he'll be coming in the next couple of weeks. His name is Nuisance. That's Excellent. a perfect. You're, you're set up for success for sure. <laughs> Lost my way and nuisance. And I'll bring one, potentially both. I don't know yet. You know, I've got till August to sign the horses up. Um, I have been accepted uh, to the to the makeover, which happens October 2nd through the 5th. And it has been a lifelong since they've had it going a goal of mine to do this competition. I love competing. I love having a goal. It gives me something to look forward to. And I thought, well, one horse and then they, 
the same place I got him from, which is a rescue in Guthrie, Oklahoma, called uh, Horse and Hound. It's just, they just have racehorses and dogs. And I just, it's the best of both worlds. You just go and you're like, horses and puppies everywhere. Sounds like my kind of heaven. Where do I sign up? Exactly. It's heaven. So I adopted who I call Groot. I call him baby Groot. Um, and my, my son who's five likes the Avengers. So we, we have baby Groot. And so baby Groot has lost my way and I just loved him. And she called me this week and sent me some video of this horse. I'm like, I don't know anybody who, uh, is looking, but I actually sent the videos to Elisa Wallace. I'm like, Hey, here's a horse. And she's like, I already got one. And then the, they, Nelda who runs the, the, uh, horse and hound rescue foundation calls me and she's like, you know what? I'll hold him for you. He's perfect for you. She's really good at matching people and horses. And so I went and looked at him. Like, well, if you're going to hold him for me, I might as well meet him. And then I went and I was like, I'll take him. So (laughs) you're worse than me, Jamie. You're worse than me. It is uh, a problem, which is why I'm terrified to have new vocations on every single episode. I I keep looking through their horses and gosh, my husband doesn't have access to my browser history. (laughs) (laughs) That's always bad to have your husband. No, but you know what? My husband is the worst. If I were to get a cat, he would leave me, but get another horse. It's like, who cares? Like, go ahead. That's fine. Cause he knows I'm going to spend time with them and train them and they're going to be, you know, fine. I don't think he trusts me with cats. I don't think he trusts cats as much as he trusts. You should horses. never trust a cat. I have one and it's True. about as useless as a potato. So <laughs> potatoes, so actually, a horse. potatoes have a purpose, <laughs> but no, I know what you mean. So yeah. So potentially two horses in the makeover. And again, retired racehorseproject.org is that website. If you want to see a little bit more about what it is and when it's happening, happening. Uh, but it's October 2nd through the 5th and I've already got my Airbnb ready. I just have to drive one to potentially two horses from here to Lexington in October. I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet them both. It's going to be an exciting time. Yeah. I'm really thrilled. Uh, And, and they're young, so I don't know. I don't know what, even what sport I'm going to compete them in. I guess, you know, you just have to, that's the fun about training horses is yes, I really love eventing. I have a Mustang that I do eventing with and he's awesome, but he told me that's what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some horses that just, they tell you what they want to do. And if they don't want to do that, well, my God, there's 10 disciplines I could compete in there. So Mm -hmm. you want to, you want to chase cows? I'll find you some cows. Let's go. I'm in Oklahoma, for God's sake. I can find some cows. I can't agree more, Jamie. I mean, I really (laughs) do think horses pick their discipline and we just choose to listen to them or not. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have a Western pleasure horse. I have a really an endurance horse. I have a dressage horse and we just bought another horse uh, four weeks ago. And yeah. he, he just wants to do everything. So and you were giving me a hard time. <laughs> we are going to talk to Elisa Wallace here in just a second. But again, if you guys want to find out anything more about us, about the racehorse, it's retiredracehorseproject.org. And our website is retiredracehorseradio.com. So that's where you can find out more about us. I would like to introduce our title sponsor of today's show and Karen at Kentucky performance products has been with the horse radio network since the very beginning. And she was instrumental in getting this show off the ground. It's kind of her baby as well as ours. So 
Karen, again, Retired Racehorse Radio loves you and thanks for being a sponsor. And let's hear a little bit about Kentucky Performance Products. You muck out his stall every day. You toss him hay and feed him his grain with just the right supplements mixed in. You adjust his blankets to keep him comfortable. And you always make sure he has enough fresh water. Before you ride, you brush off all the dirt and notice every bump or scratch. As you train, you feel every stride and notice each swivel of his ears as he listens to your aids. After you ride, you pause for a hug because your relationship is what it's really all about. The feeling you get when you hug your horse is priceless. It's why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Nalox Advanced. Fight back against colic and digestive upset. Nalox Advanced provides a scientifically advanced blend of ingredients that work synergistically to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, I would like to welcome the first guest on the first show. And of course, it had to be nobody else other than the winner of last year's makeover, Elisa Wallace. Hey, girl. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And as the reigning champion, it was obvious, the obvious choice for the first guest. So are, where are you? You, you? you at the farm in Georgia? I am at Rock Creek Farms in Jasper, Georgia. Fantastic. Just got done riding some horses, some thoroughbreds. Shocker. <laughs> so do you have a makeover horse for this coming year? I I have two, actually. Oh, boy. To be one of the trainers along with about 600 plus of our closest friends. Yep. So it's always nerve wracking, you know, trying to find. There's so many thoroughbreds and you want to make sure you find the right one. Um, so I've had a couple of interesting ways that I found mine. But um, like the first one I got was kind of I was on my way to Finger Lakes. And we stopped by a farm on the way, and he was limping. Um, oh, God. And he was barefoot and very, very lame. And I was and covered in rain rot. And I was like, okay, I'll put him on. The, I have a spot on the trailer. So I bought him, and I put him on the trailer. Um, and then come to find out he had an uh, infection in his coffin bones. And oh. so, poor thing, he had to be put on antibiotics. But he's pulled through. And he's, uh, his name's play big and I call him gamble cause I took a gamble on him. And, um, I think he's going to be quite a nice horse. So just been taking it slow with him and, um, just kind of like hacking and walking and trotting. Um, let me, let me, then, let me stop you there. Let me stop you before you get to your second one. Okay. So you come up to this farm that you're basically just laying over on the way to go up to finger lakes racetrack to find your makeover horse. And you go mm-hmm. there and you see a lame rain rod covered horse and you're like, that's the one. What about him grabbed your attention? Well, um, the volunteers at Finger Lakes are really, uh, really great people. And so I had a little bit of direction, a little bit of nudge saying, hey, if you can take time, you need to look at this horse. He's a nice horse. So I had seen uh, some video of him jogging on the Finger Lakes website. Um, 
and he looked like he trotted fine. And then when I was there, he trotted okay on the grass. Um, you could tell he was like a little foot sore, but when he walked on just normal ground, it was hard for him to get to the trailer. So I was like, okay, no big deal. He needs shoes. Like, okay. Um, but then once I got him home, I got shoes on him. He still was like, his legs were blowing up. He had cellulitis and I was like, is he abscessing? And I thought, I thought the worst. I was like, maybe he's got a fractured coffin bone. So we took x-rays and then that's how we found out that he had that, but he's a very nice, uh, tall, um, has a big shoulder on him, has a big hind end. And I don't know. I was just, my, there's a heart gut thing said, put him on the trailer. That's the Aww. worst that can happen. You mean, so. you mean it even happens to Elisa Wallace where you see a horse and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, I just have to save it. It happens all the time. Struggle <laughs> Israel. And I also had Rebecca Bowman with me who, she is the reason why I'm in this ginormous mess. So she got me into the Mustangs and then she also got me into doing the thoroughbred makeover. So it's all things to her. Um, but she is the worst enabler when it comes to having a trailer and empty and going somewhere with horses. Okay. So here's the, here's the deal. Do you remember I sent you a horse about two weeks ago, uh, some videos of a horse about two weeks ago, like, but then your client ended up buying another one. Uh-huh. I bought, I, I got that one today. <laughs> so oh, that's a nice horse. The struggle is real and it's, it's, it's for, for sure, uh, everywhere. So I, I'm just glad that I'm not the only one. I'm like, I have a spot. I actually don't. I have seven horses and seven stalls. Now I have the eighth. So I get it. Um, oh, that means that takes up the wash rack. <laughs> exactly. The I'll wash a- rack becomes a stall. <laughs> just put some panels up. They'll be fine. Um, yeah, just like put a rope across, pull the mats across there, and then you wash the horses outside the barn. You don't use the wash rack. It's fine. I feel like you've done this before. Um, Sharpie, the sharp, uh, Johnny horse who was fourth, <laughs> he lived in my wash rack for a good <laughs> couple of months because so, I had to fit it to work. And so, this yes, is why I love you. it's an addiction. It's a problem, but they're worth it. So tell us, uh, about your second horse. We've got the lame one and his name is Gamble. And then who's the other one? Oh, he's a sound now, but who's the next one? Yes. Uh, the second one, uh, actually I had my dad go look at for one of his, uh, 14 year old students because they are participating in the makeover and, uh, which is exciting for them. And they went and tried them and, uh, you know, nice horse and had them, uh, my vet actually vetted them out. And, um, but then after about a week or so, he, he got pretty hot, um, Sometimes when they start in the training, he got a little ulcery, um, just was not quite clicking right with the girl. But then interesting, I went and I sat on another horse, a four-year-old down in a pala and he's lovely. Like it almost looked exactly the same, dark bay, black, they even have double whirls. Um, and he super quiet and he's the only thing I didn't quite like about him he's a four-year-old I like to have a little older because I like to get him going and competing but he's super nice straight I mean incredible horse so I decided I was going to buy him well then 
the mindset of the four-year-old was just so nice. And so we decided to do a trade. So I got the six-year-old who's immature (laughs) and the 14-year-old got the four-year-old and they're doing wonderful. It's a great combination. And then I have the six-year-old, which his name is Gotham. Um, and he is a dark bay black and um, he's coming. Today was a big breakthrough for him because we were able to trot on the buckle and we didn't try to necessarily bolt or buck me off. So moving in the right direction with that one, but he's actually, I think, pretty talented. And um, it's just a matter of getting him to settle down and to listen a little bit. He's just, like I said, a little immature, um, but I'm pretty excited about him as well. I think he's going to be they're the both the horses I've acquired are are pretty nice horses so they have a lot of potential. I'm glad I'm glad that we're kind of along the same lines. I just had the same breakthrough with with my little guy today with like, "Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't run away when you have slack <laughs> in the rain." <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that's kind of the biggest, thing. you know, the our first instinct is to kind of pull and to hold them back, but that creates tension. And I like to walk my horses on the buckle. So He's had to have a lot of um, pick up the nose to my foot kind of issues because he would just whew, take off or I'd hear this little squeal and I'm like, oh, okay. it was above the ground. That <laughs> <laughs> um, squeal gets you. And, you know, but I spent, I spent like two weeks working him on the ground and riding him bareback in the halter. And so it's not like he doesn't know this stuff. And so then I'm um, starting him under tack. Some, some of them are funny, though, because you... You get on them and they're actually better if you put them to work. They get too bored. But then there are other ones that need to go really slow and just make it simple. And then you can kind of move on with them. So it's always fun for me trying to like figure out kind of what works for each horse and each process is a little bit different. Well, and and as we kind of move through this, uh, heading towards the makeover, I want to have you back on to talk about some different training tips and ideas that you have. But I think for this first one, my my tip that I'd like to gather from you is a lot of the listeners are going to be people that are competing in the Retired Racehorse Project and the Thoroughbred Makeover. So what are some tips when they're looking for their horse? What are some things that the previous winner looks for in her horses? Um, well, I use Equibase uh, quite a bit. And so I, I think doing a fair amount of research uh, when you're looking for your horse uh, is really good. So you can look up their race history. You can watch some of their races. Also, uh, a lot of the, there's really good programs out there. Uh, Rerun is a one. And then you also have the Secretariat Center where uh, you can adopt them and you can still sell them, but they just have a contract to make sure to follow through the horse. But they've vetted those horses. Um, they've had them, they've let them decompress. So I feel like for like a newbie or uh, um, someone who wants a little bit maybe better of a guarantee because it's, I mean, it's hard with horses just in general, but I think um, going through maybe one of those programs would be a good way to get your feet wet the first time. Um, And then of course, uh, Facebook, which I get in trouble with, Uh, (laughs) but you can, there are the good resellers on there. So I've used Amy Paulus before, got Jessica Redman, um, Kelly Lupton, Um, so those are a couple of people I look to that, you know, you can ask straight up questions. They're going to give you as much as they know about the horses. Um, 
but it it I guess it's the fun part with buying them. There is some risk. They're, it's kind of like a Christmas present. Um, but <laughs> I would also suggest um, doing a ba- at least at the least a basic pre-purchase. Um, you know, having flexions done. If if something pops up, I mean, we were lucky enough when I I had one that thought the horse was great. You know, he flexed maybe a little mild. Okay, let's shoot an x-ray of the ankle. He ended up having a screw in the ankle. And I was like, whoa, okay. (sighs) Now, the horse is sound. Doesn't mean he couldn't be a lower level, but I'm looking for an upper level horse. So, you Uh know, eh, I'm going to pass. But, like, if we wouldn't have taken an x-ray, like, no one knew. Like, the the girl didn't even know um, until she called uh, later. And then she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. But, um. And sometimes that happens and that's okay, but it's kind of your due diligence to, um, you know, sometimes it's scary because it's like, do I want to see what's in there? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do think that, I mean, spending the money on a pre-purchase is important. I've caught, like I said, I've caught, I caught the screw. I've caught a couple of chips sometimes and I'm looking for certain things, especially when I'm looking for an upper level horse. Um, that I might pass on it would be perfectly fine for an adult amateur that wants to, you know, go training or prelim. You know, there's nothing wrong with the horse. Um, right. So if I you're I'm looking giving, for... I hope I'm giving good tips here. No, this is great. This is great. So say you walk up to a horse and you're looking for, let's say you're looking for a client, not for you because, you know, your horse is, uh, you know, a off the track thoroughbred that's competed in Rolex like 150 times. So let's take that out of the equation. And you're just a normal person looking for a normal horse. Well, you're you looking for a client. When okay. you walk up to the horse, what are some things that you look for? Um, well, if it's for client, I want something that, you know, has a good brain, has a good head on its shoulders. So is it quiet in the stall? Um, is it eating well if you if you walk up on it in a stall? Uh, how is the eye? Is the eye like popping out of its head? And you know, is he really like, oh my gosh? Um, but that's where thoroughbreds can be tricky because they can be high as a kite, and then you bring them home, and then they go quiet. Um, but it just kind of it's kind of an energy, like a feel thing too. You know, um, like when I'm with a horse, but kind of I I also look at the horse and kind of scan it are legs on straight you know do they toe in do they toe out um you know are they uphill which is I'm very picky I like to have uphill horses the neck coming out um very upright and then that that helps the work become a little bit easier for the horse and yeah just kind of you want like a confident dude if I'm looking for a client horse just be like yeah like when I sat on that four-year-old they pulled him out He's a big doughy eyed, cute <laughs> thing. Legs were on straight, nice feet. Um, went in the cross ties, sat there. You know, they tacked him up, no problems. The girl went, hopped on him on the loopy rain, walked, track caner, walk. You know, went around. Very simple. I hopped on him, walked, track caner, popped him over a cross rail. Okay, you know, he's just a dude, and he is perfect. <laughs> for the 14 year old and the same when I found the other 14 year old, um, that for my other student, my dad gave me the task of finding two RRP horses for his 14 year old students. I'm like, Oh my God, 
no pressure. Um, <laughs> kind of fun, but no I, pressure. Yeah, kind of fun, but no pressure. Uh, the other one was uh, from Rebecca Bowman. He was uh, a horse by uh, Kitten's Joy. So I knew he had some good bloodlines. I went and sat on him, and it's the same thing. It was like 40 degrees, windy, and he's just a dude. He's like, okay, sure, everything's flapping. I don't care. Because in the end, um, brain and temperament is going to help out the amateur rider a lot. Um, I can tend to work with a, a little bit more emotional or hot-headed horses. Um, I would I would prefer to have the the nice, quiet-minded ones. Those are lovely. <laughs> but July, you don't like those for yourself. You like the ones you call dragons, and then you we we you keep the hot ones, and you find homes that like kids toward the doe-eyed ones. Uh, yeah, but that's nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to have one that just go. I mean, I've been really lucky with my Sharpie horse, he, who is a war horse, and he's had his moments, but he's always a very workmanlike. Um, and that's the other thing that people need to consider is the war horses have seen a lot. You know, they have been there. They're normally brave as all get out. And um, once you get their bodies comfortable, they're wonderful horses. And I've just been so thrilled with him. He just completed his first prelim and it's actually been, uh, uh, less than a year that he's been competing. So his first was, uh, February, like that Valentine's day, February of last year was the first time he did beginner novice. And then he just uh, finished second at his first prelim on his dressage score. I cried a little. I was so proud of him. Oh, that's amazing. But that's also all the time. Do you really? <laughs> You're such a dang horses make me so emotional. Oh, well, that's why we love you. And that's why you have a bazillion <laughs> followers and we all watch you on YouTube, do everything possible. I, you know, I love the Mustangs too. So watching you with your Mustangs is all awesome. WallaceEventing.com is the website. You can go look, what's your, uh, what's your YouTube channel? Is it Wallace Eventing? Yes. It's Elisa Wallace Eventing on YouTube. Elisa Wallace of Go do that. Go see some videos. You should follow her on YouTube because it will definitely be educational. You got to make sure to click to subscribe and then also like click the little bell thing in the bottom. So you always get notifications of when I post a new video. Just That's FYI. what I didn't do. Okay. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. always look on there and I'm like, I subscribed. Why didn't you tell me? Okay. So we'll do yeah, that. It's that little bell thing that's in the corner. Okay, well, I'll check that out. And um, will you come on throughout the year and, and talk to us? Absolutely. Awesome. Elise Wallace, thank you. It is always a joy to talk to you. Love you, mean it. And we'll see you in October. Okay, Jamie, I know that you've seen the 52 Thoroughbreds. How many people have shared <laughs> that with you? Everybody has shared it and it happens at least once or twice a year. And I feel so sorry for the person whose phone number is on that because 52 thoroughbreds need adopted or they're all going to like, you know, die. And they, I have to tell everybody that was in 2011. That was like a million years ago. I and know I got it. You so found one times, so many <laughs> times in my messenger. Like, do you need another horse? Absolutely not. But I would have adopted one. You have but, uh, to save them. I know. It's insane. I did see a fun post, though, about, um, like, someone said, if you give me $100, I'll put your ex's phone number in there. <laughs> that was pretty genius. But I, I bring this up because I found someone who 
uh, adopted one of these thoroughbreds. And I think it's important to learn how that even happened and what her story was. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. So I'd like to introduce Charlie Wilson to the show. Hey, Charlie. Hey, guys. What's up? How are you? Great. Thanks for joining us today. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell us, you ended up adopting one of these thoroughbreds. How, how did that happen? Um, well, uh, my friend, uh, Ali Catazone and I, uh, we met at a school in Ohio, uh, for our undergrad, um, and we were part of an, an equestrian program there at Lake Erie college, um, in Northern Ohio. Um, and we received the message on our equine distribution list. Um, and Ali and I, uh, got a few girlfriends together and we took a two horse trailer down. Um, you know, we just did what the ad said. We just called. Uh, and arranged um, and went to look at the horses. Um, you know, it was quite a, uh, you know, a very expansive uh, property. It's actually quite large. Um, there was a lot of different age thoroughbreds. Um, it was, you know, really a, a remarkable experience or happening. <laughs> so Charlie, you were a university student and you just thought, you know, free, free horses, let's grab one. Like, I did not <laughs> think that way when I was in university. I was like, save all the dollars. <laughs> well, I guess, um, you know, the fact that starting off, you know, with the horses, they were free. Um, they actually paid for thoroughbreds. Um, they even had uh, jockey club names. We got our horses when they were just, uh, just I think, younger than yearlings, so they hadn't raced. Um, but they were just wow. free papered horses, um, you know. And, you know, when they're just babies like that, it only costs board. So, you know, while that is, you know, pricey, Ohio is a very horse-populated state. Um, you know, I, I've, you know, the board there is pretty reasonable. Um, so it wasn't, you know, super unattainable. You just had to be smart, I guess, with finances. Um, but I, it seemed worth it uh, for some reason. Like I said, now that you mention it, um, it is kind of remarkable that we just picked up and did that. <laughs> I want to know, how did you find, was it a Facebook post? Was it shared? How did that, how did that happen? It was, we, uh, um, our school, Ligurie College is a primarily a, uh, an equestrian uh, focused college. So we had an equine distribution list. So, you know, equine professionals in the area, uh, you know, stables that needed uh, part-time cleaners or trainers or, you know, what have you, would be on this list and just any horse happenings, essentially. And the actual owner of the property of where the said 52 thoroughbreds uh, happened, I guess, is I think, <laughs> I believe he was the president of the Ohio Thoroughbred Association. So I'm sure he had some connections and that's how it probably landed on our equine distribution list. Gotcha. That's amazing. I imagine. So, I so how did you pick out of the 52? Like what, what drew you to your horse? Tell us a little bit about him. Um, I guess, uh, well, my friend and I, when we were looking, um, I guess we both decided on babies uh, unanimously. That was sort of bizarre now that I think about it. Um, and yeah. We went to the baby shed. <laughs> you know, like I, I said, um, you know, the, the farm we went to, when you drive down to Barnesville, Ohio, the the facility was ginormous, like for lack of a better term or eloquent term, like it was, you drove to the different barns. Like they were, there was at least a half a mile between each barn, if not more um, organized by age. There were some actually pregnant um, horses there too. If you could get a two for one deal. Um, but uh, <laughs> everyone likes the yeah, yeah. It was a good time for horse owners. Um, you're like, wow, this is quite the assortment, but um, you know, we went to, you know, the baby barn and, um, you know, I just, I was looking around and they ran up to us. They were excited to see us. Um, you know, I basically, uh, you know, just picked based off color, uh, temperament, we handled them for a little bit. Um, but otherwise it was just pretty much, you know, on site choosing and putting them on the trailer, um, and taking them home. So it was legit. Like there's, 
was there 52 horses? How accurate is that viral Facebook post? What were the conditions like? What did it look like? Um, so the barn itself looked like it would be glorious in its glory days. Um, you know, but the, the stable hands were, you know, scrambling, you know, not to put it in a negative light, but they were told, you know, they need, they were the one that initiated the post. The sun had cut off money to supply for hay and stuff like that. So they were in, you know, dire straits. We need to get the horses out of there because they were running out of food. So, you know, I would say there was 52 thoroughbreds there. The studs had already been moving out. So you had brought up Luca's name. Tell us a little bit about him and why you why you said yes to Luca. Um, I guess, like I said, you know, it was fun just handling them. We didn't have very much time to choose. So we just kind of, you know, um, chose off uh, color, temperament, you know, just looking at confirmation. I mean, babies change. Um, if you're getting a horse for free with papers, I mean, you don't, you know, judge them, I guess, too harshly. I just, you know. He was snuggly and, um, you know, he, he was, was snuggly. That's a horse chick right there. I don't know. That's he was how snuggly. you pay. I don't know. Like, oh, I I don't know he snuggled with me, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just, you know, they were, you just kind of know when you see horses. I don't know. You just, how do you explain what horse people do when they like are kind of choosing their horse? They just, you watch them, you just interact with them and see which ones, you know, kind of annoy you, I guess, the least. I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get it. A hundred percent. How has the experience been since you adopted him? What was you still what was him? one like, like? What is he? What does he do? I want to know everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a dressage, he's a dressage horse. Um, uh, I, a girl after uh, my own heart. <laughs> yeah, dressage all the way. Maya, his sister, uh, my best friend, who came down with me to get the horses. Uh, she does a little bit of dressage and jumping. Uh, she lives in New Jersey, um, and Luca lives in Wisconsin, um, Green Bay, Wisconsin. So it's kind of fun, you know, there's different Facebook groups um, where the owners of the 52 thoroughbreds, we all keep up with each other and tell each other what discipline, you know, all of them do and things of that nature. You know, and we keep up with that. But, um, you know, Luca primarily, he kind of just hangs out. Um, you know, we do dressage. I haven't been showing as as of late for the past two-ish years because I opened a juice bar and the downtown where I live. And it kind of accompanies my equestrian Pilates that I do. So Luca you know, is my exercise tool, I guess, if you will, um, for working out, staying in shape for that. Um, but we haven't had a lot of time for showing and things like that, uh, just because of, you know, running the business and things of that nature. What happens when you see that post going back around? Do people share it with you? Like, Hey, you should get one of these. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as <laughs> much of a big deal. Um, the first like three or four years, but it's almost like it's picked up more speed the last three or four. Like it didn't disappear ever, but it, it wasn't as much of a big deal. I feel like now that social media and things like that are is a little bit more amplified. I feel like it, it made a resurgence a little bit. <laughs> so do you feel like you kind of own a celebrity then? <laughs> <laughs> An annoying celebrity. I mean, my gosh, I am, I don't get annoyed when I see that post, but I feel bad for the woman that, that has that phone number. Like that's abusive kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, come on, man. Charlie, you, this whole thing started because you were going to school for a specific reason. What was that? Um, well, what drew me uh, to Lake Erie College, um, you know, was uh, I wanted a smaller college atmosphere just to kind of focus on, you know, what I wanted to, uh, you know, bevel into a career. But the main focus of, you know, Lake Erie College is it's equestrian studies, equine studies. So, you know, I went there for a business and an equine science degree and just kind of figured out what I wanted to do on the way. But that, yeah, that uh, experience, those four years, you know, it's, 
it's funny when you look back on things, you don't realize that you do things for a reason. You know, I wouldn't have Luca or, you know, certain people or experiences in my life that, you know, kind of molded, you know, where you get and things like that. And, you know, who you should be thankful to and grateful for and things of that nature. With your education, because I think when we had talked before, kind of how this all fell together, the universe, when you were thinking about creating your own business and then you ended up getting this horse, you know, where are you now? What's going on right now? Um, well, right now, uh, we're three years into set business. It's crazy how fast uh, time goes by. I can't believe Luca's eight. You know, and, uh, I, like I said, I think uh, a little bit earlier when we were chatting, um, I have a juice bar, a organic, vegan, and gluten-free juice bar in the town where I live, um, Amber Lugler. You know, we have infrared saunas, Reiki. Um, I do a question Pilates there. You know, with uh, being a dressage rider, you know, uh, we're, we're, and with any discipline, you know, with equestrian Pilates, that's what we teach. With any discipline, you know, having, you know, subtle cues and a balanced core and independent aids, independent, you know, extremities, you know, you're just a better partner for your horse. You know, so in the last uh, years after graduate, you know, few years after graduating college, um, I just have been focusing on my business and just becoming a better rider that, you know, you should never stop doing that. You know, and equestrian Pilates is wonderful, you know, for that, uh, you know, it helps you when you're out of the tack. You don't have to be riding to be practicing riding. It's kind of brilliant, actually. I want to own a juice bar and do Pilates with horses. Charlie and I were meant to be best friends. I mean, fitness, thoroughbreds, dressage, where have you been my whole life? It's a remarkable place. (laughs) What's your website, Charlie? Um, well, the Juice Bar's website is uh, NectarGreenBay.com. Um, you can look us up on Facebook. Uh, Primo Equus Pilates um, is another page you can look up on Facebook. Otherwise, Nectar of Green Bay. We're in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Well, Charlie, so, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Check her out at Primo Equus on Facebook. And they're into the stretch. And it's just a and Mike Smith turning for home in front. Good magic and Jose Ortiz a link behind as they come into the final furlong. Bravazos down the center of the track and then Audible on the inside who's now up in a third. Justify a two-length lead as they come to the final 16th. Good magic on the outside is second. Audible third toward the inside then it's still regard. They're coming to the wire. He's just awesome. Justify has won the Kentucky Derby. Okay, Jamie, I am so excited about this next segment. Um, it's something that's near and dear to my heart and it's our Winner's Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week from New Vocations. Nice. I'm so excited too. Dangerously excited because, you know, they're adoptable. I know. I'm terribly afraid that my boarding manager is going to get very excited and my husband, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd like to introduce Sarah Coleman from New Vocations. I'd love for you to tell me what is New Vocations and why is it amazing? So New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program is actually the nation's oldest and largest organization specifically devoted to racehorse adoption. Uh, We service both thoroughbreds and standard breds as they retire from the track. And we take in and provide rehabilitation, um, retraining, and rehoming for those horses. So we have facilities here in Lexington, Kentucky. We have two locations in Ohio. We are in New York and also in Pennsylvania. So we have a lot of good team members uh, scattered throughout the country and we usually, since our inception in 1992, we've been able to help nearly 7,000 horses, which is wow. a big, big number. Yeah. That's and we're very, very proud of it. Um, but we, we focus here in Lexington. This is our largest facility. It is dedicated strictly to our new vocations horses. Everywhere else, we are, we're boarders. And then we pay a trainer to train our horses. 
So we focus really heavily on moving the horses into very carefully screened homes, but as rapidly as we can. So you'll get a horse that can walk, trap, canter, stop, and steer. Probably not going to go jump around a three-foot course at the Kentucky Horse Park in the next week or two. Um, but our trainers, because they get on and, you know, interact with these horses every day, they have a really good handle on not only their attitude, but also their physical capabilities, their mental capabilities. And we, we post them online, which hopefully everybody has seen on Facebook, Instagram, and website. And people basically email us and say, hey, I'm interested. And we say, do you have your adoption application in? And as soon as that is approved, they're able to come and see any of the horses that we have. I love it. I mean, I can testify to what great work you guys do. My off-the-track thoroughbred is from New Vocations, and she is my heart horse. I mean, I she's a dream come true. So I can't thank you guys enough for all the work you do for these horses. Oh, you're the perfect testimonial for us. We're so <laughs> glad you love her. Well, and we're going to talk to Leandra about our Winter Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week. And so, Leandra... Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us about our adoptable horse of the week, Golden Annie. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. Such an honor. And Annie is, Annie's the just the bar name, of course, that we use for her around the barn. But Annie is sort of a rare find, I would say. And all of us at the barn are kind of shocked that she's still around. She's a cool horse. So, at just around 16 hands, she's a horse who retired with no known injuries, and she has proven to be a really reliable mount. She definitely has her quirks like any horse or personality, as we like to call it, but she has, with every obstacle we've ever posed to her, taken it in her stride, no problem, super brave. Um, so just even being a horse who's retired, she had 15 starts, but like I said, retired without any injury. That alone sometimes is rare enough to find, but then mm -hmm. to have a horse who's so brave like she is, is just really cool. It make, made her a real pleasure to work with. So she's had 15 starts. She's kind of been there. She's done that and she lived to tell about it. So that's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she actually won a race. I kind of love her stats. She's got one first, two seconds, three thirds. Not that, you know, now that she's retired, not super important, but I like to say that she's pre-ball balanced. She's been there, <laughs> done that. Like you said, she's got her numbers, got her stats. She's got some really cool lineage. I think in the sporting world, we all kind of have those big names that we look for. We've gotten sort of used to seeing AP Indies, Seattle Flues, Secretariat. She's got those guys, but she's also got some, some cooler I would say newer blood in her pedigree, like Divine Parks, her sire and Chester House. And I've seen some cool horses come from them. She's even got Danzig. So if mm. you've got your eye on that horse horse bloodlines, even Paz the Gnome, um, which I almost forgot about there, but she's got some really cool sporty bloodlines. And so we, we being sort of the people who have gotten to know her, definitely see her as being capable of, doing a discipline like a venter, she has the energy, she has the talent, she's got the stamina, she just needs the right kind of rider. And I think a lot of us riders, we know mares can be particular in their ways. And she certainly likes to have, she has a little bit more of that assertive nature to her, but she wants a partner. She's really willing to please. She just needs somebody with a little bit of a light hand 
you know the type. They want to be part of the decision making, and she's so smart. Come she's on now, you know. Right uh, first of all, I'm an inventor, and I know yeah. that. I know that <laughs> when I saw her picture, that shoulder, the slope of her shoulder, the length of her back, how her neck kind of comes up out of her uh, withers. She definitely looks the part for an inventor. Although mm-hmm. she actually has some really good weight, which is I'm not used to seeing for an off the track horse. So she looks a bit yeah. easier of a keeper. Also, we all know with mares, it is, you know, you tell a gelding, but you got to ask a mare. Come it's on. so true, Jamie. I have all mares for the most part. <laughs> I just got my first gelding in 10 years and it's freaking me out that he's just all about life. <laughs> but I'm looking at her and she is cute as the Dickens and I just want to bring her home. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, we really like to say with mares, I love when people ask for mares because I know that mindset. And I always love to say about them, if I get stuck in a combination, say that you're in the show jumping aspect of it, and jumpers is sort of my background too, but I love to have a smart mare because if you drop a rein, you have a tech malfunction, God knows anything could happen. And when you have something happen like that, you want a smart horse who can carry on and sort of, you know, they, they've already got a plan in mind. They're not waiting for you to make a decision and this is exactly the type that she is. So right. she's cool. She anticipates these things. And as long as you create that bond with her, you've got a partnership that is stellar. Well, cool. Where can people go find out more about her? Well, on our website, horseadoption.com, we've got a profile posted and that way you'll be able to see everything about her, all of her stats and everything. And then there's a link to email me. So you can ask me any question you've got about her including her video and pictures, they are also on her profile. Newvocations.org. That is one thing you guys do really well is you set them up really nice and they're beautiful and her mane is all combed and she's got a clean bridle on. Y'all really present them in a very nice light. Newvocations.org. Her name is Golden Annie. I swear you guys, she's got to be adopted by this time next month. If not, I'm going to adopt her. So I need you guys to adopt her. We need you people. We need you. Seriously. Well, Leandra and Sarah, thank you guys so much for joining us and being part of Retired Racehorse Radio. It's our inaugural episode, our first one out of the gate. And Golden Annie is our first Winter Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week. Well, I would like, Joy, before we go, we have to get the brains behind the operation. He's the guy pushing all the buttons. He's producing the show today, and he's also the owner of the Horse Radio Network, Glenn the Geek. Hello, Glenn. Hello. I'm so excited that you guys are doing the show, and and you gave credit earlier, but I want to give credit again. This was Joy's baby that she pushed along. She came to me with an idea that she wanted to do a show. I don't know that it was this extensive. She said, I want to do a little 10, 20-minute show where we just give a tip. And uh, then Jamie got involved, and nothing is 10 or 20 minutes when Jamie so. <laughs> so much more than I could have ever asked. I'm so excited. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you want to keep it slow? Don't, don't ask me. I'll, I'll keep it long-winded. Yeah. What a good first episode, though. A lot of epi- first episodes of podcasts are not real good. Jamie and I, if you go back and listen to Horses don't. in the Morning, it no. was not great. So, <laughs> so no, don't I'm, do it. I'm excited. I listened, for- and you guys improved. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, well, we've had 2,100 <laughs> episodes to practice. And so. Glenn still spells my name wrong, so you know what the way it is. Right. 
Well, no, this has been great. So what I want to find out from you, Glenn, is where can people hear that? You know, I feel like they're listening to it, so they must be hearing it somewhere. Where are they hearing us? This is the scoop. This is episode one. So we now submit to iTunes. You're probably hearing this on a player on our website. So we now submit to iTunes. We submit to have it added to the Horse Radio Network app. So it'll be added to the 16 other shows that are on there. And over the next two weeks, we'll start to see, we'll start to see it show up places. Uh, going forth in the future, you guys are going to be twice a month, and it'll be two episodes. And of course, you're leading up to the Retired Racehorse Project, where Jennifer and I have agreed to go, and we'll be doing some Horses in the Morning episodes there in October, as, well as, as well as we'll record this show there, obviously. So we'll be covering that live from, from the Kentucky Horse Park in October. And we I hope I don't get it. any early ride times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, well, we we will have plenty of uh, listeners there, I think, too, following along uh, with you. So that should be a lot awesome. of fun. We're, I'm excited about that. Right now, you can go to retire to racehorseradio.com or horseradionetwork.com to see all of the information about this show. And hopefully in the next episode that you record, we'll have all the details uh, for iTunes and Google and all of that. Well, thank you guys both so hard, uh, so much for working so hard on this. I mean, Glenn, enjoy. We have email strings that would span the globe. So I do appreciate all the hard work you've done, Joy, and and thanks for including me. And I also want to thank you guys, our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products. And we're going to have another one that's just been confirmed on the next episode, too. And, of course, our media partners making all of this happen, the Thoroughbred Makeover and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption. Thanks, Karen at Kentucky Performance Products. She's amazing, and she's uh, she's definitely um, one that gets behind this. She was a big starter for this, and we love everything you guys have, kppusa.com. Hey, if you guys have any questions or comments or ideas for the show, send me an email at jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Or if you'd like, you can follow me at joy h equestrian on instagram or shoot me an email at joy at horseradionetwork.com remember don't forget to set your goals high and love and learn from every ride oh, i love it and don't forget also spay neuter and gel. 